Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the South End Zone, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. We are live on a Thursday night, a couple of days late this week. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. And as always, I am with the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Mulhair. Eric, what's happening, dude? How you how you, do, how you making it since uh, the recap Monday? Uh, fine, I guess. I mean, like, no big change. Um, nice, slow, boring week, which sometimes is a good thing. Well, I was just wondering mainly if you had recovered from your wounds from the weekend. No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> okay. All right. Just checking. I, I didn't know if you were still bitter about that or uh, if you had moved on and were ready. To- oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm petty as hell. So uh, this is going to stay with me. So. Oh, boy. Petty Betty on the other end of the line. Not great, Bob. But that is all right, man, because I came back with a, uh, with a fury last week and i'm planning on screaming past that 500 mark that i am now back at for the year but to do that we got to actually lay some cash on some games so aside from michigan potentially (laughs) waiting on a slap on the wrist from the ncaa is there anything of note that we need to cover before any of that no i I think any wrist slapping that would occur in season, I still think would be the Big Ten, but they don't. The catch is, um, and I don't. I know you don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but the the rule that the NCAA is accusing them of breaking it's an NCAA rule. Mm-hmm. It's not a Big Ten rule, so right. it becomes a jurisdictional thing. I, I think there's a they kind of have to thread the needle on identifying what rule, whether it's just the general like sportsmanship and fair play rule. Uh, they think Michigan may have violated, and uh, it, the whole thing is—it's not getting any smarter as it goes it, on. I'll tell you that the whole thing stinks. It yeah. just—it reeks, and I don't like any of it. And uh, yeah, I've, my what annoys me is that I know that there's no chance that whatever the end result is will come during the season. So you yeah. got a team that is has as good a shot as anyone to make the playoff and potentially win a national title. And they've got this cloud over them, you know? So yeah, on one hand, I would love for them to uh, figure out what's what and act accordingly. Mm. And the flip side is like, make sure you know 
what did and did not happen. So you can be fair about it as well. They do deserve that. Well, dude, I was thinking, <laughs> I had a conversation about this earlier. And to be fair, like, I, it, it's sort of an unpopular opinion, I guess. But just keeping it real, at this point, you know, you take this Michigan situation and all of the, like, I feel like an asshole. Like, I feel like I've been duped, you know. They're not really that good type of thing. <sighs> And that that sort of that conversation led me into a playoff discussion somehow mm-hmm. or somehow or another. And really, since I started thinking about this, like really since 2020, since they put Cincinnati in the playoff, I really feel like it's progressively gotten away from what was the original intention of the playoff. Which is well, the four? Which is the four best teams? Like that was the original intention. And sure. Now, I've, now and, and I, I feel like it's getting more towards the let's get the best TV matchups. Let's get the best. Like what's going to create the most hype and the most buzz? And no, if that was the case, then TCU would not have been in last year if it was about TV matchups and Alabama in the fifth spot. Say, but why would they put them in then? Because they were twelve and one. Yeah, so there you go. Like, but do I mean, you, but did anybody legitimately think that they were better than like Alabama or Tennessee? Because I don't think anybody did, other than TCU fans. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So that that's so my I, whole I tend to agree like, that they've gotten away from that. I don't know that Cincinnati yeah. is the best example. They hadn't lost in two years. Who else were you going to put in there? The Notre yeah. Dame team that they beat on the road by seventeen points, like. Well, I don't want to. That wasn't like a shot at Cincinnati. That was more like a. I think that opened the door for what is going on now. And I think the, they were the a idea, different door than you're talking about. Maybe, but the idea, like I just look at the playoff rankings right now. The idea that anybody's ranked ahead of Georgia is just a joke, and it makes me like completely and utterly question the playoff committee and what they're actually trying to do. I don't get it. So other than create controversy and try to cl- make it's like clickbait. I think it's just, I, I think, I don't know what they're doing. It, it, does, well, it doesn't make football sense to me. That's all I'll say. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I care that they get the right four teams, I guess really. And that after that, if they want to rank Georgia three, when I could make an argument, they're one or two mm-hmm. or whatever, I, whatever that, I'm okay with that part of it getting settled on the field as long as the correct four teams are in there. Right. And that's my whole thing. Like after last season, when they put TCU in the playoff, like I, I lost all faith and like the playoff committee lost all credibility with me. And then I look at them putting Ohio state number one. I'm just like, dude, these people don't even watch football. And to be fair, I shouldn't be surprised. I guess it's a bunch of athletic directors and, I looked at the committee list today. There's, there's some former coaches on there, right? There's like four or five out of about 13 people who actually mm-hmm. played or coached the sport. The rest are all executives, athletic directors, one former sports writer. I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, I feel like the, <laughs> like the guys that should be on the playoff committee are like Tim Tebow, like somebody who's won a Heisman trophy and played a grind of a schedule guys like Joey Bosa or whoever, somebody like that. 
find me someone like the only person that was on there that made sense to me was uh who was the the longtime chiefs guard that went to like 12 pro bowls and was a college football hall of famer what's that guy's name um son of a bitch i can't remember his name anyway he's on the committee mm. solid, solid pick jim grobe is on the committee okay he, he knows football you know that kind of thing but some Notre Dame trustee or the Michigan athletic director. Shocking that he would be on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, they ha- they have rules as far as like not crossing those lines, um, mm-hmm. you know, during yeah. the voting and everything. But you know, whatever. Yeah, makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I don't think Michigan is either going to get in or not get in based on the play of the field. Uh, I am confident in that. I don't think the college football playoff committee is going to be the the arbiter of justice and keep them out. You know, due to a cloud of potential uh, violations. Well, just goes to show you how driven the the polls are by each other. Like, look at the difference in the polls before the college football playoff rankings got released, and then after coaches poll, AP poll, all that crap. It drastically changed after the playoff rankings mm. were released. So it's all lame. Got to go with the flow. Yeah, indeed. So. Speaking of going with the flow, we're yep. going to flow towards making some money. All and, right. Uh, you, sir, <laughs> you're on the tee box. I feel like I've been on the, this tee box well, like, the entire front nine. Like, like I, I had honors on the third hole, and I've just kept it, except for, a, you know, I lucked into a, a tap-in birdie uh, yeah, two weeks not ago. Not necessarily. I mean, I had, I had the honors last week, and I just, like – I pulled out the driver on a par four and went for the green yeah. and I happened to, and I happened to hit the green in regulation. You know? Oh, all right. Well, let's make some money here. Um, let's do it, man. Hit me with your first bet. What do you got? So I am, I think at last count, I'm something like 25 and 31. Uh, uh I can, yeah. Before we start, I suppose I should. So I need to. Remind everybody of that. I am 33 and 33. I'm 12 and 10 in the bullpen. Eric is 25 and 32. Okay. Four and and five in the bullpen. Mm. So you are minus seven on the year. I am at dead even. All right. So I I have more picks this week than I normally do. Nice spray in the board. Love to a see a little it. bit. I'm trying to keep it sort of under control. And I've actually taken two off since I sat down to record this because the line moved from this morning. But, uh-huh. um, you know, well, we're doing this kind of late. all that. We're, so, we're, did you take any of these on Tuesday or Monday when they came out? No, I had two plays that I liked on the LSU Florida game that I don't like as much, which okay. I'll talk yeah. about later. But, yeah, uh, I, I took five or six plays on Tuesday, but, uh, you know, I we'll, got, uh, we'll discuss those. I got to get back in the game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Old Faithful. I'm gonna take Coastal at home yes. plus a point and a half versus Texas State. Oh baby, going back to the well. You yeah. love to see it. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them, but they've won three straight games with three different starting quarterbacks. So <laughs> I don't know that that's quite the obstacle that um, that it might be for other teams. That they seem to be still functioning okay and. They're playing better defensively. So, yeah, I I don't know what to make of that game, man. I I looked at it, and I don't know what just happened here. Like all my lines went blank for some reason. Mm. Either something's going on on the website, 
Yeah, something's going on on the website. Everything's changing right now. That's weird. <laughs> All the lines on this page just went blank. Okay, there they are. Now they're back. Apparently, a bunch of them just changed. They all just updated. So, okay, where was that at? Coastal. I lost it. I don't know where it went. Anyway, yeah, so plus one and a half. I don't hate it. I played that last week, and it was a uh, it was a win. So, I don't blame you for going back to the well. Speaking of wells, who does Iowa play this week? I believe they have Rutgers. <laughs> I'll be on this one with you as well, just before we you know, kind of put the card. You know, to be fair, I haven't looked at this since Tuesday. I'm trying to find it. There it is. All right. So still over 28. I said it last week that anything over 28 for Iowa was free money on the under. I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to take the under 28 and a half on Iowa and Rutgers. Rutgers has no offense to really speak of. Uh, I, I don't have much faith in Gavin Wimsett to really do much. I don't have much faith in Iowa to do anything on offense. And therefore, I think this will be a lot of punting and a lot of back and forth. And the only thing that yep. gives me pause about special this teams. is special teams and defensive scores. Because yep. Rutgers... Their quarterback does have a tendency to throw it into traffic. So I almost kind of want to take Iowa on the spread here at one and a half, but I'm just, I, I can't, I can't do it. So I'm just going to stick with what works. And if it burns me fine, because it's cashed, you know, whatever, how many times have I taken an Iowa under this year? Five, six, seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if it, if it doesn't cash, I still don't feel bad about it. So. Go ahead and give me the under 28 and a half until I see him score some points. I'm not going to buy that they will. So, yeah, I, I look this afternoon. I want to say there's something like two and seven on unders. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or they've gone over two out of seven times, I guess, however right. you want to say it. Yeah. But, one of those is the one that burned you on the, uh, on the, the special team score. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> duh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, over under, yeah, over under two and seven. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I like that one. I'm on it too. Hmm. Playing all, all the right. hits this week. Playing all the hits, man. Um, okay, another one for me. I took this on Tuesday and it still hasn't moved. I'm going to take Tennessee here on the road. I'm going to fade Mizzou again. And to this point in the season, every time I've faded Mizzou, it has burned me. And if it burns me, this, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where surely I'm not wrong. I keep thinking that Mizzou is going to tank, and they don't. They're 7 2, coming off a loss to Georgia, played their asses off. They played really good. I feel like Mizzou is a good team. I drastically underestimated them coming into the season. But, all that being said, I think as long as Joe Milton can take care of the football, I think Tennessee will be okay here, even on the road. Luther Burden's a little banged up. Don't know if he's going to play or not. We still don't know that. So I'm going to go ahead and lay him and lay one and a half with the balls on the road. Okay. Well, I'm on the other side of that, but it's a bullpen pick for me. Um, I If I – 
have some confidence that Luther Burden's going to play, um, I, then I think the wrong team's favored. And I would take Missouri at home plus the point and a half. So, uh, and I might take it anyways because I do it. Go ahead and do it. Well, I mean, that'd be a tomorrow thing, but I just, <laughs> I'm not as high on Tennessee as you, just from what I've seen. Um, and I, th- well, I think I can understand a legit not, good team. I can understand not being high, like if you have zero faith in Joe Milton. I get it. Like Joe Milton has not been what I would call super dynamic. Has not. But, I think most people certainly had higher expectations for his play this year than what we've seen. No doubt, but Tennessee, man, they can just they can run the rock, dude. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like their defense will be able to slow Mizzou down enough to sustain some drives and you know keep their offense off the field. I don't know. I just I I think Tennessee is overall probably a little bit better of a more complete team than Mizzou, but you mm-hmm. know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe who knows? Maybe Mizzou proves me wrong again. But I faded him hard coming into the season, and I've slowly backed off of that and thought, "Yeah, okay, maybe they're a good team, whatever." And they acquitted themselves nicely against Georgia, I thought. But Tennessee, I don't know. I, th- I think they're just better up front than Mizzou. That's really what it comes down to. SEC games are won on the line of scrimmage, and I think Tennessee's lines of scrimmage are better than Mizzou. So. Mm. I'm going to take Tennessee. All right. So what do you got? Um, yet another well. Oh, bring it. Uh, I already took Coastal, and now I'm going to take their former coach. Give me Jamie Chadwell and the Liberty Flames, minus 13 and a half. They are at home against Old Dominion, who is either four and five or five and four. But, uh, yeah, less than two touchdowns at home. Give me Liberty. Give me liberty or give me death. Put me on that list as well, sir. I am on liberty until they screw me. They have yet to screw me. So I'm going to keep riding them until they burn me. I'm, man. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm going to ride liberty with you as well. Uh, and Old Dominion, I faded them last week uh, against Coastal. Yeah. And so. Coastal beats them with a third-string quarterback, and now you're telling me Liberty at home is getting less than two scores? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the Flames. So I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, New Mexico State. Mm. Did you know that they're eight and two against the spread this year? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Jerry Jerry Kill, man. Yeah. You remember you remember the first week of the season when I bet New Mexico State and I said they were dead to me? Yep. <laughs> yeah, because what was that? Was that like Jacksonville State or somebody? Some somebody like that, yeah. Or no, it was UMass, I think. Mm. I can't remember. Let me God, I that's what really gonna bug me if I don't pull it up. Let me uh while you talk about this game, I'm gonna look it up. So, well, I mean, there's not much to say. Uh, New Mexico State's seven and three. They're eight and two against the spread, and they're getting they're, they're laying four and a half points at Western Kentucky, who's like is a decent team. They have five or six wins, but uh, I'm just gonna kind of go, you know, follow follow the trend. Um, sort of, maybe like maybe kind of a desperation move, but uh, 
I'm at the point in the season where I have to be a little more aggressive than I might be otherwise. And they seem like they're as good a bet as anyone. So uh, now I'm, I can't find the game either. I'm looking. Oh, I got it. Yeah, it was UMass. That's what it was. UMass, okay. UMass scored 28 fourth quarter points to beat them and burn me on the cover. And since then, they've reeled off eight wins against the spread. Yep. Go figure. Typical. <laughs> I said they were dead to me, and then they reel off eight straight wins against the spread. That's all. Well, they're not dead to me. Uh, we'll see how I feel Sunday morning, but I'm taking them. Oh, man. I don't hate it. Western Kentucky is suspect at best. Um, I don't hate that at all. <sighs> okay. You know, I, I I said Maryland might be one to fade the rest of the year, and they're kind of bad. But if I could trust Nebraska at all to not turn the ball over, don't I would, do it. You can't I, trust them. You can't. I would bet the shit out of them at plus two and a half here. But I can't trust them. You just cannot. <laughs> you can't do it. I if I thought Nebraska could get through a game with one, <clears throat> one or fewer turnovers. Uh, then I would be all over that, but I, no. Yeah, no, you can't, you can't trust them. Okay. So I'm going to go back to, I'm going to rinse and repeat a play from last week. I'm going to take Bama here on the road. Kentucky's offense to me is just not all that impressive. Even, I mean, Devin Leary's not playing all that bad. I, I, I don't want to, like, poo-poo them and say they suck. They dominated a bad Mississippi State team last week. They lost to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, and Leary played okay. But ultimately, I just don't know how much running room Ray Davis is going to have against Bama, and I don't know that Devin Leary will be able to move the ball down the field all that much. So I think it's a situation where at 10 and a half, I think Bama will just end up getting enough opportunities to pull away by more than two scores. So I kind I kind of like them by 14, 17 range. You know, it's an 11 o'clock kick, so that's sort of suspect. Got to get up at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Could get off to a slow start, but I just, even if that is the scenario, I, I sort of like Bama to pull away late in the game. And if Kentucky is going to score some points, they better do it early because Bama just doesn't give up points in the second half, it seems like. They've given up double-digit points twice this year, once to Texas, once to Arkansas, and that's it. So I'm going to lay the 10.5 with Bama. Mm. I am also going to lay 10.5, but it's not going to be with Alabama. Ooh. It is going to be with Jedfish and the Wildcats of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we've been taking them as underdogs all year in the bullpen. I took them yep. last week in the bullpen. And now that they're a 10 and a half double digit favorite, you're going to yep. jump on them. Uh, Colorado, I think the uh the party's over. Yeah, dude. I think I think they've played enough quality teams where it's you know, the book's out. Um you know, offensively, they're one-dimensional. They can't run the ball, and they can't protect the quarterback. That's a bad combo. 
uh, defensively, they're not very good. They're they're bottom ten in a handful of fairly important categories. And Arizona, I mean they they have they have athletes on the outside. Uh, their quarterback is playing out of his mind. And I, I, ten and a half is not a number I ordinarily like, but this one I think should be more like thirteen and a half or fourteen and a half. Um, mm. So I think uh, I think Arizona's going to wreck them. I think they should wreck them. To be fair, I, I don't know that they will. It, it's I stayed away from this one simply because I don't know how Arizona is going to respond to being a huge favorite. They haven't been a double-digit favorite in I don't even know when. It's got to be a long-ass time against a Power 5 team anyway. Right. So I, I would be uh, cautious there of how you're going to respond when you're heavily favored. I don't know, but I agree with you that on paper they should wreck them. So we'll see what happens. Well, it's on my paper, so it's going to happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so for me here, I all I wanted to take Texas minus the 12 and a half here because Queen Ewers is going to start, yep. but I'm going to back off of that for now. I may put that in the bullpen, maybe. I'm going to think on it the rest of the podcast. But let's talk about one of the biggest games of the week here, Georgia at home against Ole Miss. Yep. Kiffin. A lot of stuff going on with that guy at the moment. Uh, yeah. Ole, Miss, Ole Miss is getting sued for, count them, $40 million by this kid who basically just basically just abandoned the team and didn't show up for three four weeks and called it a mental health break. And, hey, I totally get it. Like, if you whatever. If you need a mental health break, fine. I, I'm not over here saying – Anything bad about mental health, I think it's important. But that being said, there are proper ways and proper channels to go about it. And to me, if you need a mental health break, like the number one dude you should be talking to is the coach. Like, hey, coach, can I talk to you? I'm really struggling, blah, blah, blah. That's how you should handle that. At least that's what I think. <laughs> Kiffin kicks this kid off the team because he just doesn't show up and he's getting messages saying the head coach wants to see you and he's just not responding, not showing up. And Kiffin blasts him and kicks him off the team. So don't know what's going to come out of uh, them getting sued by 40 for 40 million, but I would guess that not much, but uh, all of that about Ole Miss being said, Georgia did not cover against Mizzou last week. Oh. But I think ten and a half is just not enough. I'm going to lay the points with Georgia here at home. I think Ole Miss's defense, while it may be underrated, it is also still suspect. And so Georgia figuring some things out, potentially, possibly, maybe getting Brock Bowers back. They may. I don't know that I'd hold my breath, but yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not holding my breath and expecting that, but I think even without Brock Bowers, I think Georgia is more than 11 points better than Ole Miss. So I'm going to lay them with the dogs. Mm, okay. Um, hmm. So I've only taken two favorites to cover so far. Yeah. And I'm going to take another favorite 
and I'm going to take Oregon minus 14 and a half. And this is another, just like the Arizona game, 14 and a half is normally a number I really don't like, but I, I think this should be higher. Mm. Um, it was kind of, I had this one in the bullpen along with the over because I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go, but mm-hmm. I, I think Dan Lanning is going to be out to prove a point like he was in the Colorado game. And I think, Every chance he gets to put points on the board, he's going to do it. And he's going to beat these guys as bad as he possibly can. So I don't think it's it's more than two touchdowns for me. Uh, USC is reeling. They, whoever their stand-in defensive coordinator, unless the guy is a, a wine and, or water into wine type of dude, I, I don't see some huge turnaround there. Yeah, so, I think they've. I think they're doing the old code defensive coordinator maneuver. I, I don't know. Don't really care who they are. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it's two guys who are on the existing staff that were running a horseshit defense to begin with. So I, my guess right. is to be more of the same. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think Oregon is just that much more better. Oof. More better. More better. All right. Well, I'm going to take the over. <laughs> I mean, until they hit an under. I'm just going to I'm going to ride that. I'm going to take over 74 and a half here. I think Oregon could score 50 just the same as Washington did. And I think USC is good enough on offense to score 30ish something. You know, maybe Oregon shuts them down, maybe they get some turnovers, but if USC can manage to stay in the game in the first half, then I don't see any way this doesn't go over. I just don't because Oregon is going to do whatever they want on offense and I, I don't know. I just yeah. said, I don't think 74 and a half is enough. It's like I said last week <laughs> in that Washington game, I said, if Washington plays like Washington is capable of playing, I don't care if it's 86 and a half instead of 76 and a half, I will take it. Uh, give me the over. And it still would have covered 86 and a half. So until I see it not work, I'm going to take the over. So give me the over on USC and Oregon 74 and a half. Do it. I I may, may have on that. If you're a better disclaimer, 74 and a half is a shit ton of points. So with the new clock rules and everything, be cautious, but I'm willing to bet it because Lincoln Riley's record on overs and Oregon's offense. I'm just going to, I'm going to ride it. 19 and four last two seasons. Um, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. your turn. Is it my Wait, turn no. now? No, no you I just went. Over yeah, I, was, I, just, I talked about the game. Yeah. Got it. We had a, a smooth transition there from my pick to yours. So it's back to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't articulate why I think this is a good pick. I just think it's maybe finally his time. And I think. This are you about, might are you about, be. Are you about to take Mike Gundy? Don't. No, no, I'm not touching. And no, absolutely no. <laughs> okay, all right. No. Just, just um, checking. This, I, I think he's due, and I think this might be. Maybe he won't win, but I think he could. I think this is maybe his best shot, his best matchup at beating and uh, a, a team like Michigan. So I'm going to take Penn State plus four and a half. Oh, man. Taking the points with Penn State. You don't want to, like, throw a just sprinkle bet on the money line there at plus 176? 
I thought it last man, I was tempted. I, that's what I did with the Ohio State game. Um, and it's much lower number two. I want to say it was in the forties, but uh, man, Penn State's defense—they are—they are unlike anything Michigan has played so far this year. I get that Michigan's nine. No, that's awesome. They have not played anybody. Like, what is their best win? I think it's UNLV, probably. No, maybe one maybe Rutgers. So no one worth talking about. Yeah. I mean, Penn State is top five in. Rush yards per game, yards per attempt, sacks. Uh, they're just I, – I thought about the over because Penn State has not looked great offensively uh, mm-hmm. up until last week. But they're they're at home getting four and a half. Michigan obviously has, has a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure they'll still be focused, but you know, may, maybe it takes its toll. And I, I think Penn State is just – a really good team, so I'll take a shot on them. Well, I don't hate the pick. In fact, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to take Penn State on the money line. Mm. Give, give me Penn State to upset Michigan. <sighs> like you said, the defense, it's elite. It's not a situation like Ohio State. I think Penn State matches up better against Michigan than they do Ohio State because agreed. What happened in that Ohio State game? Marvin Harrison. Did Marvin it. Harrison happened. Yeah, that's yeah. And Michigan doesn't have that guy, and I feel like Penn State can slow down Michigan enough in the run game to make this a game and do something. And I think this is the moment for Drew Aller, like. If you're going to tell me that Drew Aller is a five-star guy and he's the dude of the future and all of that, this is your chance, dude. This is the moment where Penn State can take the next fucking step and become an elite football team and not just a, a really good team like we always talk about them. So you're at home. The only bitch about this whole thing that I have is that, you know, thanks a lot. Fucking Fox and the Big Ten for putting this game at noon. It's a big fucking giant failure on everyone that makes decisions with regard to college football and TV. This should be a night game, a whiteout. I don't understand why the hell it's not. I mean, it should have been college game day, whiteout, 7 o'clock on ABC, whatever. That's what it should have been. However, it's at noon, which is fine, whatever. still going to be a whiteout. Give me Penn State on the money line at plus 176. Calling it. Michigan's a fraud. <laughs> you heard it here first. Harbaugh pissed me off with the sign-stealing bullshit. I feel like I've been duped. And in this situation, if there's a chance, I'm going to I'm gonna take a risk and bet plus 176 on the money line. Okay, and so in fairness to Fox um, – Oh, no, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong time slot. Uh, Fox at 7 p.m. Eastern will be broadcasting West Virginia at Oklahoma. So that is, that's an unforced error there. I'm not sure how, how these games get scheduled as far as picking amongst networks or whatever. I, I initially thought, oh, well, it's USC at Oregon. I could see why they could maybe take that one, but that's the later time slot one. So, 
Yeah, I mean, not the- uh, yeah, atmosphere wise, I mean, that'd be ideal for a night game, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got do? you got Texas and TCU on ABC at seven thirty. What the mm-hmm. fuck? What is that? I mean, that's garbage. I don't want to see Texas in a four and five TCU team on ABC. What the hell? I, well, that's I what know. you're going to be seeing. Yeah, no shit. Stupid. I won't watch a second of it. I'll be watching Ole Miss in Georgia. I mean, I just I, I don't understand it. Doesn't make sense to me. But nonetheless, all that aside, I think Penn State is good enough to hang with them on defense. I think they match up better with them than they do against Ohio State. And therefore, give me Penn State plus 176. Mm. All right. I am in to the bullpen. No, I like it. Um, so in addition to my other bullpen pick of USC Oregon over, and this is one I, I actually might take, um, Mississippi State team total. <laughs> they are at A&M, who for all their faults has a very, very good defensive front. Um they actually have two pretty good defensive fronts. I mean, they're they're very deep on the defensive front. Uh, Mississippi State has looked god awful on offense. They're so bad. I'm like talking me out of taking Mississippi State under twelve and a half. <sighs> the only like, thing is there is, a good reason yeah. I shouldn't jump on that. Uh, the only thing would be a backdoor cover and the potential of. Max Johnson might have broken ribs. Uh, that That's a factor. Uh, but uh, ultimately, I, I don't hate it. I would be more apt to just like take the spread. I think yeah. it's what, 13 and a half, maybe? It's a bunch. It is more than I trusted A&M to cover against anybody because they've been so wishy-washy this year. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. I can't. Can't seem to a sixteen and a half. It's way too much. Okay, sixteen and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust them on that. But well, I say that they should win by sixteen and a half. I mean, Mississippi State's fucking terrible. So, I mean, anything under seven. Actually, yeah, I probably would prefer that to the team total. I don't know because like fourteen is that number. It's like, are they going to get a late score to get a right. cover or not? And. That to me, like Jimbo can't be trusted in any direction. So but for me, that would be one I would probably leave in the bullpen, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, it's there for now. And I don't like the more I think about it and, you know, Mississippi state's future with Zach Garnett is a whole different discussion, but I have a couple of Mississippi state fan friends there not thrilled with what's going on in Stark Vegas. So, uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, so we'll see. I may end up taking that. I may end up taking that over. Um, may end up taking them both. Uh, time will tell. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, we will see what happens. I'm not quite to the bullpen yet. I got a couple of more. Okay. I made the mistake last week of not taking Kansas on the money line. I left him in the bullpen against Iowa State, and I shouldn't have done that. I should have just taken him. I knew they were better than Iowa State, and I fumbled it and did not take it, and that was stupid. 
I'm not going to make the same mistake this week. I'm going to lay three and a hook with Kansas here against Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is done. I think their season's over. It's four and five. I don't see it. I think Kansas is legitimately a touchdown better than them. Even without Jalen Daniels, Jason Bean's playing really well. So I'm going to take the Jayhawks to get to eight and two and win by and win by more than four or more than three points. Excuse me. It's a sentence I never thought I'd hear on this show. Well, you heard what uh, Lance Leipold said about the potential Michigan State opening. Did you did you were you privy to that uh, nope. conversation? Yeah, he was asked about his status at Kansas and the Michigan State opening and potential, you know, coaching hires elsewhere and that kind of thing. And Leipold was very, very like, I don't want to say aggressive, but he was very candid in his uh, response of, I'm here for life. This is the perfect spot. I'm where I want to be. I ain't going fucking nowhere. And so when I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, man, <laughs> this dude, this dude's trying to build Kansas into something fucking serious, man. So, well, Texas I mean, Tech- you, you take Kansas from like they won, they went like seven straight years before he showed up where they won one or two games. Yeah. Every single year. And, you know, now he, he got into a bowl game last year in, I believe, year two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got them at seven and two so far this season. They'll probably get to nine wins. Like, why would you? He's just now starting to have the program he wanted when he started yeah. building it. So, like, why would you leave that to go to a dumpster fire with all these other external issues and all this drama in the background at a place like Michigan State in right. a much tougher conference? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things. Well, to be fair, I don't know that the Big Ten's much tougher. It's got two teams in it that are tougher than anybody. Well, in, right. By the time he showed up there, they would have Oregon and Washington and <laughs> well, the ghost of USC. And Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. But it's kind of I, I compare it similar to like the Stoops situation at Kentucky where yeah, he has a lot like, like that. Where he has the best contract in America, and mm-hmm. as long as he wins seven games, he gets a raise and an extension on his contract. So, I mean, they would have to take Leipold out in a body bag at this point, like with the amount of love and the contract that he's getting. I mean, think about that. You go from winning one, two games a year, and now you're winning seven, eight, nine. Like, it's just that they're going to love that dude as long as he's there. And I think he's a good enough coach to once Texas and Oklahoma are out of the picture. I think he's good enough to probably compete to win the damn thing. So yeah. I don't know. I think uh, his resolve is untested. So I'm going to take the or unmatched. Excuse me. So I'm going to take the Jayhawks minus the three and a half and say they put Texas Tech in a body bag, send them packing. All right. And then my last one of the week, I was going to leave this in the bullpen. It's a big spread, and so I I didn't really know what to do with it or not. But speaking of Michigan State, they're bad. They're just bad. They suck. They're on the road at Ohio State this week. 31 and a half, not enough. I just I don't think it's enough. I see this as like a 49 to 7 type of situation so 49 nothing like last time yeah it was last year year before yeah what what does it matter (laughs) yeah 
they, I just don't see any way Michigan State can stay within 30-ish points of these dudes. So I'm, I'm going to take the Buckeyes and just lay them and say they just demolish the Spartans. Hmm. I actually I thought about that one. Um, I don't love it because it's 31 and a half yeah. clock rules. I mean, that, I mean, Michigan State's going to try to turn it into a slog kind of game, but I don't think it's going to work personally. I'm just, I'm going to. No, their defense is still bad. Um, yeah. No, they, they could play all 60 minutes with the running clock. They still can't stop Ohio State. Um, Facts. So I thought I was done because I have one that was going to be in the bullpen and I crossed out because the line moved. Um, LSU is at home. <laughs> they got a night game, night game in Baton Rouge against Florida. LSU, when I wanted to take this, thinking that we would be you know making these picks last night, uh, they were they were laying thirteen and a half. And it's since gone up to 14 and a half. I don't love it as much, you know, that particular number. So I'm going to leave that in the bullpen um, on the off chance that it drops, which I don't expect. So I don't think they're, they're going to get a whole lot of Florida betters, even at 14 and a half. Um, then I would, I would jump all over it, but I, I just don't like 14 and a half enough, but that they should win convincingly and they are the better team. Mm. Man. Yeah, Florida, they're they're a wild card, dude. I, I don't know what to make of them. They, I bet them at two and a half last week. They should have covered, and they didn't. So uh, they can't be trusted in either direction, in my opinion. Like it wouldn't shock me if they covered this. <coughs> LSU coming off that loss to Bama. Don't know what you know, Jaden Daniels' condition is. I mean, I know he's like cleared concussion protocols supposedly, but. Just 65 and a half. It seems like a lot. I don't know. I, I just, I didn't really see any numbers that I just loved on this game. So uh, I do think LSU wins nonetheless and uh, puts a bigger dent in Florida's bowl chances because I just, uh, I don't, I don't see Florida winning another game personally. The odds are not in their favor. No. All right. I got one more. And then okay. I'm into the bullpen. Uh, Cincinnati is bad at football. Yes, they are. They suck. I'm going to take Holgerson here to get to five. To get to five and five, they're at home. They're laying less than a field goal. If you're going to give me less than a field goal, just two and a half, I'm going to take it and take it and lay it with Houston. <sighs> Something's got to go right for them. I feel like they've gotten burned a couple of times this year. They've just had, you know, a couple of just, I don't know. I feel like they're sort of due. I don't want to say they're due completely, but. No, I mean, they did get the win on that Hail Mary. Yeah, they got the win on the Hail Mary, but. They're turning around and they get screwed on that third down spot against. uh Texas. Texas. Yeah. they. I mean, they played Texas extremely tough. And I mean, my God, you compare Texas to Cincinnati, it's like not even comparable. So it's been kind of a strange season for Houston where they uh, they lost to TCU, just got destroyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they play Texas tough. They lose on the road to Texas Tech. They beat West Virginia on a Hail Mary. They get obliterated 
by Kansas State. And then they beat Baylor on the road by a point in overtime. And so I, I just – it's a weird situation. But, man, ultimately this is not really so much about Houston. It's about Cincinnati. They suck. I mean, they, they have been getting destroyed one week after the next. Last week they did put up a decent effort against UCF. But, man, I mean, yep. they've lost seven in a row, dude. So I just – I watched about a quarter of that game. And if you were sitting on the couch watching a game next to someone who had just awoken from a three-year coma, mm, yeah. it, it would be impossible to explain to them that team was in the playoff two years ago. Like, they would not believe it. Like, they are <laughs> that bad. Yeah, it's not good. So, I I don't know, man. It's like Holgerson is doing his best Gundy impersonation this year. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. And so I don't know that he can be trusted. So it wouldn't shock me if this was like an overtime one-point game, kind of like last week. But I'm just going to fade Cincinnati and hot Cedar Field and (laughs) call it a day, dude. I'm going to fade him. All right. And then I'm I'm into the bullpen. Do you have more bullpen picks? I'm out completely. Oh, you're out completely. Yep. All right. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks and four in the pen. Okay. All right. Well, a couple of more for me. Bullpen picks. Let's let's talk about the most controversial, crazy ass, potentially possible game of the week. What would you if just off the top of your head, think that would be. Oh, give me a minute to scroll through and remind myself, look at some of these that <clears throat> we haven't talked about yet that you could be referring to. Um, yep. I'll oh. give you 10 seconds. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick two coaches who could possibly screw you in any way, These would be the two coaches. Yeah, th- I can't. There's no way you're touching this game. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? Is there not? Oh my goodness! How? All right, I'm going to tell you, man. If you're giving me less than a field goal, I'm going to put Oklahoma State in the bullpen. <laughs> I'm going to put Gundy in the bullpen, dude. I think Gundy is on a mission. I think he's Big Twelve title bound. He doesn't want to drop one. You could argue. The hangover effect. That's why it's in the bullpen for me. It's on the road at UCF. Kind of a crazy game. Mal's on. Mainly, I'm just going to put it in the bullpen with Oklahoma State at two and a half, and I'm going to watch it. And I just want to see if my thoughts are correct. You know, that's I'm going to put it in the bullpen and most likely leave it there because, <laughs> as you well know, uh, Gundy, my former arch nemesis, and Gus Malzahn, who has screwed me more than anyone outside of Gundy or Herm Edwards. The, the fact that you're even considering this, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Like, what planet am I on? This is preposterous. <laughs> it's That's why wild. it took me a minute to, like, I actually scrolled past that game because I was looking. I was like, what is he talking about? And and I saw, I was like, no, 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 not that one. Not that, definitely not that one. Not that. And then I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. 
It's, that's why I'm leaving it in the bullpen, man. I, I, I can't pull the trigger on it. I just, I just can't do it. So I'm leaving yeah. the bullpen. Maybe if I get a wild hair on Saturday, I'll do it. But I'm going to leave it in the bullpen until then. Yeah, so. I thought about trying to get tickets and go to that game. There are tickets available. Uh, they're pretty reasonable. Oh, yeah, dude. Orlando is like two and a half hours from my house. But I was like, man, if I do that. There's all these games that I want to watch that I won't be able to because I'll be sitting in the hot ass sun uh, all day in UCF. So, right, there would be no Michigan, Penn State, no Alabama, Kentucky, no uh, anything really. So, yeah, no Utah, Washington, no Tennessee, Missouri. There were just too many good. If this was in like, actually, if this was next week, Mm. um, you know, when you got you know, half the SEC playing FCS teams. And there's a lot of power five group of five, very few, like good, good games. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to TiVo that and that, and I'm going to hop in the (laughs) truck and go, but yeah, I couldn't do it, but I, I will try to watch it because it promises to be not boring. Yeah. No kidding. So, uh, other bullpen pick here, James Madison, I'm going to throw him in at 24 and a half. Uh, UConn is fucking terrible at football. And James Madison is really good at football. They've been uh, just absolutely crushing it for me. I'm undefeated on James Madison bets this year. So I'm going to throw them in the bullpen. And I, at 24 and a half is a lot, dude. So I'm kind of going to watch it. And if it gets under 24 before Saturday, I will probably activate it because I just, I think James Madison destroys them. But 24 and a half is a lot. So, yeah. Well, it's a lot, and it, it's it's a big number, and it's a big number in a bad spot. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. So UConn one and eight, Tennessee mm. beat them by fifty last week. It's just it's not good. So yeah, leaving the bullpen for now. We'll see. Okay, a couple of unders here before we close. Uh, Minnesota and Purdue under forty-seven and a half. Don't really have much faith in either offense to do anything. Not really going to talk about it in depth, so I'm going to take the under 47.5 in Minnesota and Purdue in the bullpen, and I will leave it there for now. Uh, Another under. Where did it go? I'm looking for it. Can't find it. Damn it. Where is it? Another Big Ten West under. Big Ten West is like a just a cash cow on unders this year. Ah, there it is. Northwestern and Wisconsin. Under 42 and a half. No faith in Northwestern's offense to do anything. I think they can make it a nasty of enough game to hold Wisconsin under a significant amount of points. And honestly, I don't really love Wisconsin's offense. I think it'll just be run, 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 run. Yeah. And if Northwestern doesn't score any points, that's probably better for me because I don't think Wisconsin can score 42. So... Give me under 42 and a half in the bullpen. Mm. All right. Any other games you want to talk about? Because games we have not talked about include Utah and Washington. You got any thoughts no. on that game? That one I intentionally left alone because I just want to watch and enjoy with no like rooting interest, right? Which I've done in other games. Um mm-hmm. You know, like the Red River game or what or not uh yeah, the Red River game, Bedlam, yeah. um, so on. And okay. yeah, Washington's laying eight and a half, the total's forty nine and a half. I, I would lean Washington there to to cover. Yeah. 
But Utah, man, it's it's a wild card. Like Washington's defense is not stellar. And so no, if, it's if, bad. It's yeah. actively bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if Bryson Barnes comes out and really plays a hell of a game, kind of like he did at USC, it would not shock me if Utah is in this game at the end of the game. And the total is only 49 and a half. So yeah, I did think about the over because Washington's defense is kind of sneaky terrible. Yeah. Um, they don't get enough credit for for having a trash defense because they cover it up so well with the offense. But uh, I tell you what, I kind of you know thirty thirty five twenty four type of game. I, I think the over would be my pick if I was going to make a play on this game. But I think Washington should win by multiple scores. <sighs> See, I don't know about multiple scores. Like I would lean Washington, like to just win by like a touchdown or something. I, I see this game. Going one of two ways. Either Bryson Barnes plays his ass off and Utah is in it to the end, or they win, or they turn it over four times and Washington wins by 21. <laughs> like, I don't think there's any in between for some reason. I don't know, but should be interesting. Yeah, I'm not on it. I just thought it was an interesting game. Uh, another game that I wanted to get your opinion on. <sighs> We were both on the Gators last week. Yep. Arkansas went on the road and beat them. Yeah. Now they're at home and they are a favorite against Auburn, which is kind of shocking to me. I feel like the wrong team is favored here. Am I crazy? I Yeah, I still think Arkansas is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. It's not enough for me to trust them. I don't, no. I, don't tr- I don't trust Auburn, but do I think that they will win the football game? Yeah, probably. I do. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, you know a bad team going on the road and playing a slightly worse team. I, it, to me, it's more of a pick them. I, I mean, almost a field goal. I don't think Arkansas necessarily should be favored, but mm-hmm. – um, but it's also tough to watch Auburn play and think that they should be favored themselves in a road conference game. Right. Mm. So there's, so there's that, but yeah. Um, but I will say this under, uh, I'm looking at this 47 and a half and the under is kind of tempting because these offenses are not, I know Arkansas put up 36 or nine or whatever it was last week. Um, yeah. You know, that was one scripted drive and then a, a scoop and score. And suddenly they have 14 points. They, Still, you know, Rocket Sanders is back. I guess that helps, but Auburn can't move the ball. Like, I haven't seen them move the ball well all year. Both teams played decent enough defense. I, I'd be tempted by the under, I guess. But well, I don't speaking know, not enough speak, to take it. Speaking of unders, one, one line that caught my attention was NC State on the road at Wake Forest. Yeah, I thought about that one too. NC State does not have a prolific offense, okay? They, they've they averaged scoring 20 to 24 points a game, okay? But yep. Wake Forest stinks on defense. And f- to be fair, they kind of stink on offense as well. They're, they're really just not all that good. So I kind of wonder, like, it is on the road, but, I mean, sh- shouldn't I be fading Wake Forest here? At plus two and a half, I don't, I don't know. I feel like NC State wins this game by so, a, by a field goal or more. So here's I mean, the th- 
here's they the do, thing with they NC do have State. A solid, they do have a solid defense, at least. They do, um, but they had Brennan Armstrong at quarterback, and he did not play well. And they made the change to MJ Morris uh, four games ago, and then they yep. won three of them, started to turn things around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this the other day, but uh, MJ Morris decided that he's not going to play anymore, and he's going to redshirt this year. Yeah, which I read as Uh-oh. he probably he probably got contacted by some other team and indeed got a decent NIL offer, and he's going to hit the portal uh, when that window opens. So back to Brennan Armstrong or someone else, but you know the guy who. And it's not like this dude set the world on fire either. They've won these games more on the strength of their defense. Um, he hasn't played all that great, but um, but the team did do better with him under center than they did with Brendan Armstrong. Really, I think he limited the turnovers a little bit better. So if you think that NC State's taken a step back in quarterback play uh, versus the past month, which I think is fair, I could see where you would make, you know, at least a short underdog at home for Wake. I mean, even though I think they're not very good either. I mean, this team lost to Georgia Tech at home by two touchdowns, dude. Which team? Wake, Wake did. Yes. Yeah. I, so Wake. Then they got throttled on the road by Virginia Tech. <laughs> Gave up thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know, man. They. They stink. I, I I can't do it. I just can't do it because of the reason the quarterback things that you said. I just thought it was an interesting line. I was like, man, two and a half. That's it. I don't know. So, yeah, I think the I think the only two and a half part really stems from NC State at the quarterback position. I think if Morris was still in there, they would probably be favored by more. Would be my yeah. guess. Mm. Maybe closer to like five and a half. All right. Any interest in taking Syracuse against Pitt plus three in Yankee Stadium? <laughs> I have no interest in taking Syracuse uh, against anyone, <laughs> like just in general. Oh, I love it. I love to – you love to see it. Okay. I, uh, let me find Syracuse, this. There's dude. One, one more before we go. I had it pulled up, and then I, I scrolled away. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh well, I could talk about these two in unison. Okay. Uh, Florida State, minus 13 and a half at home against Miami. What's your thoughts on Miami? Because uh, Miami kind of tanked, lost to NC State last week, didn't score any points. Florida State supposedly getting Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman back this week. So knowing all that, how do you feel about two touchdowns at home against Miami? I'd feel okay about it. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I, I still, I watch Miami and I still can't shake the feeling that Tyler Van Dyke is playing through some sort of injury because he, he's looked okay in a couple of games. Um, you know, physically he looked fine in like the North Carolina game. They just didn't play very good defense. He looked okay for most of the Clemson game. He didn't look very good last week. He didn't look good against uh, Georgia Tech. And then you kind of compare that to the Miami or the Texas A&M game where he looked fantastic. So I think the Jekyll and Hyde act that we're seeing out of him has something to do with injury that he's trying to play through because they have nobody behind him. Well, so, that's, and that's interesting that you say that because I was seeing some like stuff on Twitter today about that. He may not play 
and it may be somebody else playing quarterback. I, I don't know if there's anything to that, but ultimately I think Florida State will probably win comfortably, but 13 and a half, I, I don't know. I mean, not getting – if they don't have Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, it's kind of like, eh, I may not take it. I mean, that's ultimately – that was one of the factors why I didn't take them last week right? You know, when they were on the road at Pitt and they didn't cover. So kind of the same situation here in Miami – a little bit better than Pitt. I don't know. So just wanted to know what you thought about that one. And then uh, very last one, would you fade Baylor here again at 21 and a half and just take Kansas State to absolutely blow their doors off? This, yeah. opened, this opened at 17, and it has screamed up to 21 and a half. Yeah, it, that, was, uh, that line moved kind of out of my comfort zone. Because when yeah. it was, uh, I think, 18 and a half and I saw it, I was like, hmm, might throw that one on the list. And it's just gone up and up and up and up and up. Um, Indeed. All right. Well, that yeah, will. So 21 and a half, that's another one of those numbers. So like, man, that's a big half point. Yeah, that is. That's a big hook. Vegas baiting you. All right. So let's recap before we go. Run us down the list. Let's hear yours and then let's hear mine. And we will close it out and get ready for all the action. I'm taking Penn State at home plus four and a half versus Michigan. We are both taking Liberty minus 13 and a half. uh, And they're at home versus Old Dominion. I'm taking Arizona laying 10 and a half at Colorado. And I'm taking Coastal plus a point and a half. They're at home versus Texas State. We are both taking Rutgers at Iowa under 28 and a half. Yes. I'm on New Mexico State plus four and a half at Western Kentucky and Oregon minus 14 and a half uh, at home against USC. My bullpen picks are Mizzou plus a point and a half at home versus Tennessee, LSU minus 14 and a half at home against Florida, USC Oregon over 74 and a half, and which you are on. And Mississippi State team total under 12 and a half at AM. Those mm. are my picks. Additionally, uh, you're on the other side of that Tennessee Mizzou game. You're laying the point and a half with Tennessee. You're taking Bama and Georgia both to lay 10 and a half points against Kentucky and Mississippi, respectively. Mm-hmm. You're on the Penn State money line. You're calling an outright win at plus 176. May the odds be ever in your favor. Indeed. You're laying three and a half with Kansas. They're, are they at home or on the road with Texas Tech? They are at home. At home. kind of like that one. I might. Uh, Put it in there, man. Put it in the bullpen. Do it. I might. Um, Ohio State minus 31 and a half in the bloodletting against Miss, uh, Michigan State on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Houston minus two and a half versus Cincinnati. That one's the most iffy one to me. Uh, yeah. Well, as far as your your active picks, we'll get yeah. to your we'll get to yeah. your most iffy one here in a minute. <laughs> Stop. Uh, in your bullpen, you've got James Madison, the Cash Cow themselves, minus twenty four and a half versus UConn. Yes, and a couple of Big Ten West unders: Minnesota, Purdue, forty seven and a half, and Wisconsin Northwestern under forty two and a half. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. You're, you have in the bullpen Gundy and Oklahoma State minus two and a half at <laughs> UCF, who is coached by one Gus Malzahn. I don't. 
<laughs> I have no words. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, you never know. I might just activate that pick just for fun. I don't just, know. Just to, oh, just to mess with me. Just to mess with him. I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good weekend. A lot of good games. Uh, we'll be back with you guys on probably Monday night to recap. And uh, until then, you guys can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. That's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, fa- you know, all, it, all the interwebs. You got, you know, we're all over the place. So uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. If, you, if you're listening still at an hour and seven minutes and you have not subscribed, please do so. Helps us out a lot. Helps us uh, stay interested in dropping some bets. So until Monday... You guys stay safe. Take care. And don't lose all your money on Oklahoma State and uh, UCF because it doesn't matter what you bet, you're going to lose. So don't do that. But uh, we'll catch you guys on Monday. See you later on. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Mm